Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Thank you all so much. Y'all, how about that intro to the second song? Leah, come on, man. That was for real. So, I'm going to start off by telling you about my week. I had a terrible week. Terrible. So, I don't even know how this is going to work, man. All right. So, never really struggled with depression, right? Some anxiety, yeah. But this week, man, I had this feeling I couldn't shake. I could not shake it, right? And no matter what I did. So I'm talking to my wife about it, and she's so great and encouraging and patient. Um, if y'all see her, you know, she's not here today. She's visiting a friend. But when you see her next week, just hug her for putting up with me. Um, she... Uh, yeah, she was great. But anyway, this week, man, I, I feel like I was really depressed this week. So, you know, I'm from the camp of, well, just suck it up and push through that. All right, you're fine. Uh, but this week was different, man. I just, I, I couldn't get out from under it, right? And so I'm, all right, Lord, well, I got a, I got a message to prepare for. I kind of need this gone. And... uh Right, so, <laughs> so it didn't work out that way. It didn't work out that way. It, it stayed. But I knew, I knew I wasn't alone, yeah. right? I knew that God knew and that it was fine, yeah. right? So anyway, I get through that, and I'm, I'm thinking about what is the church? What is the church? What is the church? And I'll be honest with you, I have struggled with that question for a long time. I'm skipping ahead in the message, but it doesn't really matter. So I struggled with that for a long time because I am a really rebellious person. Um, so a lot of you in here have known me for a couple of years. You haven't, you don't know me, right, back then. So I rebelled against everything. Anything that had any authority or even the ideal of, a, of an institution, I, I fought it. I wasn't passive about it. I fought it. Um, got expelled from high school because high school was just an institution, yeah. right? So got expelled. Okay. Okay. All right. Calm down. So got expelled from high school. Um, had to finish somewhere else. Didn't even do that well. I finished, but it wasn't great. Um, I went in the military 
right? Because that's what you do when you rebel against institutions, you go in the military. So I go into military. Um, probably the biggest regret of my life was getting kicked out of the military. But I did because I rebelled against it, did stupid stuff, got kicked out. Um, and, then, and then God, right? And then God. So, so God saved me. And when God saved me, what do you think he did with that rebellion? Don't shout it out. He did not take it from me. Right? You hear people talk about their struggles and their things, and God took that from me. God did not take that from me. Instead, God put me in a mainline denomination <laughs> and, and said, grow here for a little while. Right? And, uh, and I was like, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like this at all. Right? I didn't like it. Uh, a couple of pastors I did not like, like I fought with them argued, fought with them. Um, but the people of that church, of that church were amazing, right? I didn't like the structure. I didn't like the hierarchy. I didn't like the formality. I didn't like being told what to do and when to do it. If you even see me now, like when somebody's up here and they go, turn to your neighbor and say this, I don't do it. I don't do it, um, and I don't know that I ever will. But <laughs> so, so he puts me in this church, and he says, "Grow here." So I say, "Okay." I don't know. I don't know anything, right? So I'm like, "All right." The people of this church were amazing, and they showed me Jesus, and they taught me love. My first Sunday in this church, it's a conservative small town church, and. Let's just be honest. That's a nice way of saying there's a bunch of rednecks in this church, right? So I go to this church, and I got combat boots, torn up jeans, a flannel tied around my waist, a white T-shirt, and a mohawk, right? And I roll in with this mohawk. It stood up like this, right? And I'm like, what? What is about to happen? So I sit down, and this lady with white hair sitting behind me, Leans up and taps me on my shoulder, and I'm like, oh, here we go. Now, here I am. Here I am trying to learn about Jesus. I'm fighting right now, right? We're gonna, this is going to happen. So she leans up, and she says, I'm so glad you're here. Can I braid your, your hair? <laughs> and she braided my, the tail of my mohawk. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so I was really conflicted about what is the church, because I see this leadership thing that seems too funky for me, right? I don't like it. But then I see these people sitting in it that are just amazing. We're going to get back to that. All right. Well, my name is Dane, if you don't know me. <laughs> my name is Dane Rada. Uh, Christy is my wife, and we've been coming here for around two years now. Uh, and we love this place. And so we're still in this series on confessions, right? And so we've had who is God, who is Jesus, who is Holy Spirit, and what is the church? So when Gunnar 
asked me about preaching. He's like, which one do you want to preach on? And I was like, well, the one that I am least comfortable with is what is the church. So I'll take that one, right? You don't grow if you do what's easy. So, um, And it's funny, right, to have been a pastor, because I, I was a pastor in that, I wound up becoming a pastor in that mainline denomination, um, which got, I got in a lot of hot water. I got in a lot of trouble in there. Um, and not having a full agreement with what they said the church is, it, it's like sandpaper. All right. The Greek word for church in the New Testament is ecclesia, right? Ecclesia. And it, it means like a, an assembly, congregation, right? A gathering. Uh, but it's used to describe a community of believers in Jesus Christ. In Matthew 16, 13 through 20, I got to open her up here. Hang on. So knowing that, You ever get a Bible that just has too many of these things? Like, come on, man. All right. Matthew 16, 13 to 20. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And he asked them, but who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John. Oh, pardon me. <clears throat> Where am I? Uh, you did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now, side note, we get, we get a little cocky about that last part, right? We can get a little cocky about that. Um, not going to talk much about that. I'm just saying. Check yourself sometimes, right? Okay, so, now we, so here we have Ecclesia, community of believers in Jesus Christ. The word rock in that passage, the Greek is Petra, right? And Petra, don't go dark. And Petra means a mass of connected rock rising up from the earth. So here we have this community of believers in Jesus Christ that is built upon the foundation of this mass of connected rock. Right? Don't lose that connected part. Right? This mass of connected rock. So... It's like if you were to dig around this rock and you're like, okay, we got to move this rock and you're digging so you can get underneath of it, but you never get underneath of it, wow. right? The base of it just keeps going and going and going. So Ecclesia is built on Petra. It's important to remember that we're not just talking about Peter being the rock here. Wow. We're talking about we're talking about the identity of Jesus Christ being the rock upon which our faith is built. It is the foundation upon which our gathering is built. 
right? Getting together on Sundays is, is nice. It's fun. But that's not church. Right? This is a gathering. This, uh, this church I was, I was pastoring before we moved here, um, they called their place the, the, the meeting house because it wasn't the church. It was the meeting house. And so, you know, we call this the warehouse. It's where we meet. It's not the church. Oh, stop that. Now I got to catch up to where I am. All right, so we have Jesus, the Son of God, so ingrained in God and Holy Spirit, right? Inseparable. And grafted into that, that's not grafted into. We, the church, are grafted into that. We are grafted into God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. It's not the other way around. Right? Not the other way around. God is not grafted into you. You know, we, when we get the questions a lot when you talk to folks that don't believe in Jesus, and they're like, well, how can such a loving God allow this stuff to happen? And I'm like, so I want to explain that, but I think it's going to be pearls before swine kind of thing. I don't mean to sound harsh. I hope that didn't sound harsh. It probably did, but I didn't mean it that way. Um, what I mean is, unless the Holy Spirit reveals to you that you are grafted into God, you are not going to be able to reconcile what goes on in the world while still serving a loving God, right? And we tend to think love is hallmark, right? Love's not hallmark. Love is staying power, right? Love is staying power, you know? Love is commitment. Love is determination. Love is, I choose to do this, whether it's uncomfortable or not. Love is not always comfortable. But those times that it is, though, come on, man. There's nothing better. Nothing. So we are grafted into God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. So knowing that, let's talk about a few things the church is not. The church is not a place to be elevated in, right? I see that and I read that and I hear that in different, I hear it in worship songs. I'm, I'm gonna stay off that soapbox, but maybe another time, um, but <laughs> no, I'm not talking about it. Uh, I don't even know what I just, where we're talking about. Anyway, the church is not a place for your recognition. It's not a place to strive to be recognized or singled out or elevated in position, right? The kingdom of God doesn't work like that. The world works like that, but the kingdom of God does not work like that. Right? You want to be first? You're last. You invite uh, people to come eat, right? You put on a dinner. 
we're like, okay, we're going to have people come to the dwelling. We're going to put on a dinner. Well, more show up than you expect. And you're like, oh, I'm proud, but I'm hungry too. Well, if you're hosting, you don't get to eat until everyone else eats. Right, we we hosted this dinner at this where we were before, and um, there was a local community college, and the like half of the baseball team showed up, and a couple of the older folks in the in the church came up to me, and they were like, "Are we uh, are, are we are, are we going to get a chance to eat?" And I was like, "I don't know. I don't know if we will or not, but they get to eat first. They get to eat first. Hospitality. Hospitality, right? That's part of being who we are. Part of being the church is being radically hospitable. What's that look like? What's radical hospitality look like? Just work it out. I have my own ideas of what that looks like. Um. I'll tell you what I think it looks like. So <laughs> I, worked in, I worked in D.C. I was working at the FBI, and I, the meetings I had, so I didn't mean to. <laughs> it was one of those, hey, Matt, Matt, it's one of those. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so I would have to leave my office and walk to another building for uh, meetings. And so I leave there one day, and there's this homeless guy. And this guy spoke a lot of gibberish. I mean, he just did, right? So I start talking to him, and my man's hungry. And we're outside of Starbucks. And I was like, well, come on, let's get a sandwich. So I go in with him. We sit down to eat. Hard, hard to watch him eat. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. It was like a, uh, it was like a corn combine, right? <laughs> Stuff was everywhere. So... So I start meeting this guy for lunch every day. His name was Donald. Donald was, he was something, man. So never had a conversation with him where I knew, exactly knew what was said. One day I come out and Donald had brought like six friends. So I took them all to lunch. And I called Christy. I was like, hey, I spent $100 at lunch today. She's like, what? So I told her what happened. So by the time I got home that afternoon... She had been to the grocery store. I come in. She's got sandwiches laid out. She's making seven, eight lunches. So every day, every day, Christy made between seven and 12 lunches. Every day. And I would sit out on the sidewalk and sit down in the street and, and eat lunch with these folks. Um, and people picked up on that. Why am I telling you this? Because that's not the ordinary Right? We don't see that. And when you do things that aren't the ordinary, people see it. So the people I work with, even though I didn't tell them about it, they saw it. And they started giving me gift cards to Starbucks so that in the winter, these folks could go sit in Starbucks and drink coffee and not be cold. Radical hospitality. We are called to it. You want to know what your calling is? You're struggling to find your calling. I don't mean to be so flippant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're struggling to find your calling. What is my calling? I don't know what my calling is. You're asking people, what's my calling? I don't know what it is. You know what your calling is? Be hospitable. Be radically hospitable. 
Don't worry about position. Position is not your calling. Position is not your calling. And too often in the church, we get that confused. God's calling me to be a worship leader. Maybe. Maybe. God's calling me to be a pastor. Maybe. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? Are you, are you worshiping when nobody's looking? Are you, are you feeding people that are hungry? Are you putting in study time? Because if not, you got some work to do. That's all I'm saying, people. That's all I'm saying. All right. None of that's in here. All right. What, <laughs> uh, the church is not a governmental political place. This is not Noah's Ark. We do not have room for donkeys and elephants, okay? The church is not a political entity. Church is not a place for personal agendas. We have one agenda. That's Christ's agenda. That's it. We don't have room for personal agendas. You know what happens when you bring personal agendas into church? Church hurt. That's what happens. That's when you get hurt. Because you're in the way of someone's agenda. And that's where we get hurt. All right. Church is not a spectator sport. Nowhere in scripture does it say church leaders do everything. Everyone else come and watch. Nowhere in scripture does it say that. You know what? I'm not going to harp on that one. You guys know. You know. We're all told, we're all told, all of us, go make disciples, go feed the hungry, go visit the sick and the imprisoned, go take care of widows and orphans, go serve the poor. All of us are told to do that. All of us. You don't need a program. You don't need permission, right? You don't need all that. You want to do it, do it. That's what Jesus did. You cannot go wrong doing the stuff that Jesus did. And if if church leaders get upset with you for doing the stuff that Jesus did, maybe move on. That's all I'm saying. All right. Church is not a country club or a social organization for community status. Right? We don't go to church because someone of status goes there. If you do, that's all you're going to get. That's it. You won't even get status. You'll just be somebody that goes to a place where somebody has status. It's not a place for self-promotion, and in fact, the church is not a place at all. It is not a place at all. So back to my rebellion. So God did not take that from me, but God did redirect it. Redirected it. I cannot, <laughs> I'm going to sound real old right here. I, was just, I should be in like a rocking chair chewing on some straw. I can't abide. <laughs> I can't abide the what? I can't abide the what, church? What is a thing? And a thing that has, let's just be honest, power and control is an institution. And I can't deal with institutions. Yeah. 
I just can't. You know, sometimes I wish I wasn't made that way. Because sometimes it's easier to go along. But I'm not built like that. So the what thing tripped me up for years in the church. The what thing. So I was a Methodist preacher. And in Methodism, unless you're a bishop, you can't wear purple. So, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So I wore a purple shirt one Sunday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And somebody came up and said, you know, uh, you're not a bishop. I was like, I don't. I, I, I know. You know. They're like, you can't wear purple. I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, only bishops can wear purple. Man. I was clenching my jaw, right? Because I'm like, what kind of nonsense is that? You're going to try to control what colors I can wear? But that's, that's my initial response, right? If you all know my wife, she's like my grace. So we, we taught this Sunday school class on worship one time, and uh, she would have to reach over and grab my leg. And I was like, oh, man. She's like, you need to get grace. I was like, I married grace. You know what I mean? Do your part. <laughs> uh, honey, I love you. I love you. I know you're watching. Love you. All right, so the church isn't a place at all. Nowhere in Scripture is ecclesia referred to as a building. Now, yes, there are letters to the churches, right, in different cities and regions. But not buildings. Those are to people. Not buildings. So, the church is a who. It is a who. Just got to find my place, y'all. I did all of that. All right, so. (laughs) Church is a who, man. So, I love Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. Right? I love Jesus, man. If we had like six hours, I could tell you why I love Jesus. But just suffice it to say, I love Jesus. And when I get told that I can't do something that Jesus did, I'm like, well, I got to go. I got to go. I can't be playing. So that's kind of my rebellious stuff. So I love the church. I love the church. So I had to move from what to who. I had to move from what to who. And I became acutely aware of the who, right? So here we are. Believer in church. A believer in church. A believer in Christ. (laughs) I don't believe in y'all. A believer in Christ. And you have the Holy Spirit living in you. You are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And you have the Holy Spirit in you. And you are a person of freedom because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Right? We're resurrection people. Christy likes to say that. 
She will walk around like, I'm a, resurrected, you know, I'm a resurrection person. I'm like, yeah, you are. Come on. Come on. So who is the church? I was involved in this um, ministry called Kairos. Kairos is a prison ministry. So what you do is you go in on a Thursday evening, and then you come back fr- all day Friday, all day Saturday, and all day Sunday. Uh, we, you don't sleep there. You get to leave. So um, I got there on a Thursday evening, my first one, and uh, all these, these inmates come in, right? And we didn't go to, like, the nice place, a maximum security prison. So these guys come in, and they're hard, right? They have to be. So they come in. Of course, you're instructed not to do things, right? Don't walk up behind them and touch them. Don't hug them. Don't, you know, may, let them make the first. If they want to shake your hand, they'll put their hand out kind of thing. So um, I'm like, yeah, okay, all right. We got 30-some inmates coming in. We got one guard. I'm like, all right. Well, there's 30-some of us, so at least like two of us should make it out, right? So Thursday night, something. Friday, they all come in hard in the morning. By lunchtime or right after lunch on Friday, they're broken. 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 Crying in front of each other. Hugging each other. Asking for forgiveness from one another. I saw some things in there that take years out here. And it took like 20 minutes in there. So, yeah, kind of in the middle of this, witnessing at the same time is a weird juxtaposition. So um, the weekend goes on. Well, then they start saying, who is the church? They do this thing. Who's the church? And all the inmates yell, we are the church. And I was like, wait a minute. Hold everything. There's no, there's no hierarchy. There's no bylaws. There's no masters of divinity. There's no nothing. And they're like, we are the church. And I broke. I broke. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I can't anymore, right? I can't. I can't go back and just be like, all oh, this is okay right. now. So I went to a, a few more. And what, we would go back every month and meet with the folks that came on the weekend. You had a, a 12-month commitment. And you go and you meet with, with the guys every month. And um, not all of them come every month, but about 70% do. You know? and, and so I got to hear a story from this guy. He'd been in there about 15 years. Um, and his, he was talking to his parents on the phone. His parents were in late 80s, early 90s. And they're like, yeah, we're not really liking this new, new way they're doing things at church. So he tells his cellmate about it. The cellmate goes, oh, man, tell him to go down the road to the church where my parents go. My parents will meet him there. I'll call them when, the next time I get the phone. They'll meet him there. Tell him to go down there. He's like, all right. 
So that later that week, he gets a phone call, tells him. The next week, his parents call him. His parents got saved. Right? His parents in their 80s and 90s went to this church, meet Jesus face to face. And this guy says to me, he's never getting out of prison. He will die in prison. And he says to me, man, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. I am with the body of believers I am supposed to be with. So <laughs> I'm listening. I'm not making any faces, right? I'm just listening because my bewilderment wouldn't do him any good. So I get in the parking lot and I'm sitting in the car and I'm just like, what the, what is happening, man? I'm being rewired, right? I'm being rewired. You go in, you're going to be the helper, right? You're going to go in, you're going to help out. You know what? I'm going to give you this and give you these words and give you something. You're going to know something when I leave. And really what's happened is God just is like, nope, you've been rewired. They are the church. Man, I wrote emails to, to, uh, to, the, um, to the chaplain. And I'm like, hey, because they had a 24-hour prayer vigil. And so I'm like, hey, can you get the guys to pray for this for me? <laughs> hey, will you get the guys to pray for this for me? Because, because they got it. That's the church. That's the church. It changes your perspective when you identify what the church is. Yeah. Now, do we need leaders in church? Yes, we do. We do. And here's why. We need leaders because we, as followers of Christ, are told to, to seek the spiritual gifts. Yeah. Right? So, I, I, I needed someone to help me in that. I needed someone to make, make a space for that for me, right? Um, I, I didn't need them to tell me, you know, what to do and what not to do. It's not what, it's not what you need a leader for. So we need leaders that serve more than manage, right? We have that here at the dwelling. And I'm so glad we do, because if we didn't, I wouldn't be here. But we do. We do. If you go to anybody on the leadership team, you're going to get heard. And you're going to get, you're going to get some help, right? Because I'm not going to them because I don't need anything, right? But now don't. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Right? You can, you can go to Adam and be like, I got a new worship experience I want to try out. And it's pretty racy. You know, Adam might be like, nope. Thanks for coming. And that's okay, too, because you need leaders to guard the, the body. Right? We need leaders to guard the body, protect us. All right. 
So we're the church. So what do we do? All right, well, we need to look at what spiritual gifts we have available to us. Okay? We need to look at that. In 1 Corinthians, let me see if I got the right one here. Nope, it's this one. 1 Corinthians 12, I think it's verse 4 I'm starting in. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. (laughs) Did you hear that? Your spiritual gift is given to you so you can help someone else. It is not given to you so that you get your name on a billboard. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice or wisdom. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. To someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. And another, the ability to prophesy. Someone else, the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts, and He alone decides which gift each person should have. (laughs) He alone decides. So we have this list of gifts. First one being wisdom. I don't think that's a mistake that it's listed first. Right? We're told later in Scripture, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask for it because God will give it to you. It's in James. You know, if we, if we don't have wisdom, but we're operating in some other gift, we're like an inexperienced tank driver driving through town. You know what I mean? Just popping off stuff and tearing stuff down thinking, look at me, I can prophesy. Right? 40% of the time, I'm right 100% of the time. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) Andrea, can you come up and play, please? Yeah, yeah, come up and play. Andrea's like, what the? She's like, I never liked you, ever. So the first thing we need to ask for as the church, because you're the church, you're walking around with the Holy Spirit in you. You have the, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is available to you today as a believer in Jesus Christ. So you're walking around with this, right? You're walking around with this. You need some wisdom. So we ask for wisdom. Yeah, I need more money. (laughs) I need less debt. I need to retire like yesterday. I need all that. I don't need all that. I need all that, right? What I really need is wisdom. It 
permeates every other area. It's like yeast. It just gets in there and it does its thing. So we need wisdom. Listen, without wisdom first, we're grasping at straws. In anything we do for Jesus, we're, we're grasping at straws, man. Sometimes wisdom is saying, I don't know. Somebody comes to you for prayer and you feel like, man, I really need to, I really need to nail this. I really need, yeah, but you don't know. And it's okay to say you don't know because the other way causes damage. Wisdom first. A word of knowledge without wisdom is just nonsense. Faith without wisdom is just emotions. Healing without wisdom is damaging. Prophecy without wisdom is just storytelling. Distinguishing between spirits or discernment without wisdom is to entertain demons. Right now we're getting weird, right? Let's get weird, man. Discernment without wisdom is a dangerous game to play. You ever get those people come up to you and be like, you know what? God told me to tell you this. I'm like, okay, oh, you know what? I've never heard that. Wasn't even leaning that way. What are you talking about? Right? Had a woman one time, this whole thing was going on in Florida. And I, I'm a researcher, right? So I investigated this dude and, I, and people were in church talking. I'm like, don't go, don't go. This dude is, don't go. And they're like, we're going. So they go and they come back and they're like, you need a fresh wind. And they're like, on me, man. I was like, ho, 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 man. What are you doing? You know? And they're like, oh, I got this while I was down in Florida. I was like, well, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. Anyway, different kinds of tongues and interpretation without wisdom, gibberish. Doesn't mean anything. The church. You, the church, without God's wisdom, has to lean on some kind of wisdom. So we lean on the wisdom of the, did I say that right? We lean on the wisdom of the world. A world that only knows death. A world that is still under a curse. If we're not getting our wisdom from God, that is where we're getting our wisdom from. There's not like this middle area where, well, I got that, that, that's a good person. Yeah, I don't care, right? That wisdom is not from God. Our church needs to be seeking wisdom from God. You wanna fight for social issues. Good, do it, pray for wisdom. Pray for wisdom. for wisdom from a savior that knows life that knows your life 
that knows all life, that wove you together. That's who you are, church. You're a people that are woven together, grafted into, into God and Christ and the Holy Spirit with a foundation that knows no end. That's who you are. We, we talk a lot about identity. Your identity is in Christ. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your identity is in Christ. Your identity is not what you do for Christ. Listen to that. Your identity is not your gift. Your identity is not what you do. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. Also, your gifting might not be your calling. Sometimes we're just good at stuff. Sometimes we're just good at stuff. I work in IT, in IT management. Been in IT for almost 30 years now. Don't like it. I wanted to be a park ranger. <laughs> but it turns out I'm good at IT. So that's what I've done for my career. I'm good at it. It's not my calling. You are the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Without blemish and cherished. I mean, how does that make you feel? Does that stir something inside of you? I feel like it should. But I also feel like we don't give it enough attention. You know, you can't impress to people how much Jesus loves them. It's hard. It's a hard thing to, to verbalize, you know. People have to come to an encounter, a crisis of faith maybe, whatever that looks like, an encounter, a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus Christ where you cannot leave unchanged. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to believe, but you won't be the same, right? So where do people see that? In you, in the church. Everywhere you go, there's the church. You know, you hear people say things like when they mess up, they say, well, I'm only human. Let me tell you something. There's no higher calling than to be human. There is no higher than to be human. God created you in his image. There is no higher calling, no higher destiny in our world, right, than to be human. I'm only human? This is a cop-out. It's a cop-out. I mess up and be like, dang, dang, I messed up. And I'm human. I still messed up. I'm created in the image of Almighty God and I still messed up. 
I'm not saying that so we beat ourselves up about messing up, because we're messed up. Like I probably messed up while I'm up here. Now I say all this because we need the right perspective about who we are. We are the church, man. The church, that the powers of hell cannot break you, right? Because you're the church, because you're built on this foundation that goes on and on and on. And hell cannot break that. The powers of hell cannot break that. I mean, come on, man. Satan's a punk and we all know it. Punk and we know it. And can we stand up to him? Yes, we can. How? On our knees. We fight on our knees. Yeah, there are times when I'm like, you know what, man, that's it. Somebody hold my jewelry, right? Because I'm swinging. I'm swinging today. So Christy and I just had something with our son, our oldest son. And I was so, I was furious, man. When I tell you I was mad, I was seeing red and I was ready to fight. And I, I mean, I, I was ready to go. But I wasn't ready to fight people. It's probably one of the first times I've ever felt that, you know what? I'm not fighting against people. I'm not fighting against people, but I'm not fighting any less. In fact, I'm going to fight harder. You ever, you ever pray just mad as a hornet? Whew, man. And at the end, you got to be like, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, man, but I'm furious right now. Right? It's okay, church. It's okay. Do that. Be that. Rebel against what's not the church. It's fine. Now, okay. We need to pray for wisdom. So if, if you want to pray for wisdom, you know, Adam, you're here. If you can come up. Um, Matt and Lauren, if you can come up. Um, Shay, if you can come up. If you want someone to pray for you for wisdom, please come forward. Please come forward. Um, if you've been hurt in church because it wasn't the church and you want someone to pray about that, come on up. Right? Because when we don't operate as the church, people get hurt. People get hurt. I think we all have at some point because of that. Listen, I love y'all. I love this place. I love the body of Christ. I love what you do as the body of Christ. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Yeah, you make me proud. I'm proud to tell people where, where I gather, where I congregate. Not because of you, right? Not because you... Not particularly because, you know, like you're famous or anything. I mean, it's, you just love Jesus, and I love that, and I'm proud to be associated with that. So feel free to come up. Feel free to go get your kids. If you have to go, go in peace. We love you. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.